Hey guys, this is Laura, and welcome back to Let's Chat Healthcare. Hi, Jessica. Good morning. How are you? Hey, Laura. I'm good. I'm so glad to be here today. Thanks for coming on and talking to us. I'm really excited because I think you're my first official guest that also has a podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, I have a podcast called Get Your Binge On, which is about helping you find your new favorite television series. And I think we, I can't remember who each, who reached out to who, but um, we discovered that we were both nurses. So it just made sense to collaborate. So I'm really excited about it. And I think it makes the episodes more fun to watch too. Yeah. And I think if you know insider information, like you'll pay more attention, like the next time you watch it or you'll yeah, be like, yeah. you'll be, you'll be more intrigued the next time. Yeah. You, um, yeah. So I, I like sharing all those facts that I know for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So you did mention that we are both nurses and can't, you are a mother baby nurse. I'm right? a mother baby nurse, yes. Which means you help the parents after delivery with their new babies. <laughs> yes, and and as I was telling it you, it sounds because, like a big task. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is. Um, and I listened to your other episode on um, the nurse that was a maternity nurse, mm -hmm. and we do a lot of the same things. We have couplet care. Um, I work as what's called a stork nurse, so I take care of the vaginal delivery newborn babies, and mm -hmm. I do their weight, their measurements. Um, I get to be there for that first two hours of their life, which is really fun. Um, I also work alongside the labor and delivery team and the NICU team. So it's really mm -hmm. cool because I get to collaborate with both sides. And then I also work in the NICU and then I also work, I mean, I'm sorry, I also work in the nursery and then I also work postpartum. So and then that's where the couplet care comes into effect. So I'm kind of like a multi-purpose nurse on my floor, which is fun. That's awesome. It kind of shakes shakes things up and lets me do different things each week. I think it's, so. it sounds really cool to be there with those mothers in those first couple of hours and the and all the parents <laughs> and just be able to like encourage them in that experience. I think that's really awesome. Yeah. I mean, I get to help with their first time breastfeeding or their first time bottle feeding. I get to watch dads like cry when the mom, when the moms <laughs> deliver. And then I get to see all the family members get involved. Like it's really the, the most magical part of mm -hmm. nursing really is that new life experience. And I'm, I'm very lucky that I get to be a part of that. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting contrast to my job where in the ER, people are coming in on maybe like their worst days, their worst or like day, their most difficult days. And if I'm delivering a baby in the ER, it's not necessarily the most <laughs> planned out experience, right. but it's definitely happened. Oh, yeah, it happens. Yeah. We get we get calls all the time like we've got somebody in route. They're coming in a car, you know, <laughs> NICU and labor and delivery. Please come down to the ER right now. Um, <laughs> You guys well, we like you guys down there. Yeah. Y'all are like, um, no, that is not my forte. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I think that's really interesting about nursing is because we have the same degree, but we do such vastly different things. And like I think about it and I'm like, I could never do that job. And other people say that to me, like, I could never do ER. So it's really interesting. It is true. I could never do ER. Um, I don't like really stressful situations, except mm. for like 
with my newborns. I know how to handle my newborns, but mm-hmm. I could I could never be an ER nurse. It's too stressful for me. <laughs> I do not enjoy it. And it's funny that you bring that up because people will always say, well, you're a nurse, so what do you think about this? And they'll ask you this off the wall topic. Yeah. And it's like, look, I'm a baby nurse. Ask me Unless anything. Unless it's a know. baby, I don't know. Like, yeah. Like mom and babies. That's all I know. Like, especially after you specialize in something for a couple years, like you mm-hmm. totally almost lose the rest of your skills, really. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I can still do a lot of adult ER kind of thinking when I have a patient who's got an infection mm-hmm. or something, but you, you really become like a specialized area that's literally what you know so it's, it's so funny because I tell my sometimes I talk to my in-laws about it and um they like might ask me questions and I'm like unless it's an emergency I don't know how to help you <laughs> yeah it's so yes it's so true it's so yeah. true all I can tell you is that it's not an emergency I'm exactly the same way my mom's always asking me like her health questions and I'm like look I don't know anything about the the thyroid or whatever. I, I don't know. <laughs> you want to ask me about jaundice? I know about jaundice, um, but <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> so can you kind of tell us, have you always worked on mother baby or what's been your process, your journey as a nurse? Yeah. When I got, um, uh, when I graduated and when I passed my NCLEX, I worked at a rehab facility for about six months in mm-hmm. Nashville. And then I, um, decided to move on to the hospital setting. I worked a year and a half on a neuroepilepsy unit, which was very, you know, crazy because it was med surge. Those floors I, are really heavy because they're oh, like brain injury floors. They're so heavy. And it was yeah. really interesting getting to take care of the like deep brain stimulator patients or like um, all the epilepsy patients. I learned so much, but it, it just never was where I wanted to be. Like I always wanted mm-hmm. to be um, with babies. So then I've been on mother baby now for working on five years. So, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I'm also getting my master's degree in informatics. Um, Mm -hmm. I really want to be outside of the bedside at some point in the future. Mm -hmm. So I'm working towards that as well, but still I'm a part-time mother baby. Awesome. So what, what would you say is the best part of your job and the hardest part of your job? Um, the best part, um, is getting to be there with those new parents and getting to foster that education and, and Mm -hmm. also like getting to share those first awesome moments with them. Like, you want me to weigh your baby or do you want me to do this? Or let's get you breastfeeding for the first time. Like those are so exciting and Mm -hmm. you're the person that they're going to remember helped them do those wonderful things. Mm -hmm. Um, the the hardest part of my job is is obviously like the sad days like you know fetal demises or um, mothers who have sick babies in the NICU and mm-hmm. you have to f- kind of help them cope and um, those days are really hard and then also just the volume of of deliveries is hard there's only one of me and sometimes there will be like. 15 moms delivering like that's the max I've ever had yeah like laboring not delivering I guess but um like I've had the most I've ever had in one shift was nine babies and so it's wow it's a lot of work what state do you live in do you guys not have ratios um so I do we do have ratios and um 
I work in Nashville in Tennessee. Okay. And okay. we actually do have really great ratios. Like we don't have any more than six patients, which is mm. different than the uh, the girl that was on your maternity episode. She yeah, said she had more than four. that. Well, because we, it's one to four here, but I think with mother baby, it includes the babies if I'm not wrong. So that would be like eight altogether. Right. And see, we don't do that. So we're, we're only allowed to have three couplets. So that's oh, six, okay. that's six that's patients. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. But then when it comes to my job, um, I'm the only stork nurse on schedule. So if we have nine babies born, I'm taking care of all of those babies mm. just for the two hours right after they're born. And then I give oh, them okay. away. But we do have a lot of hands on deck. Like we have a resource nurse and those people can help me. Um, if you get too overwhelmed. Yeah. If I get if too overwhelmed. having their babies at the same <laughs> <Right>. time. Right. <laughs> Which absolutely happens. Like I had two babies born four minutes apart the other day. Like it's wild. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you, a new mom gives birth. And then there's a labor and delivery nurse that helps her at that time. And Mm -hmm. then you come over and you do the weighing and the diaper changes and all those things. Yeah. So we, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can go. I was just going to say we, um, like they call me right before the mom delivers and then I'm there to be there on delivery in case the infant comes out and they're struggling to breathe or, you know, if that resuscitation is needed, that's what I'm there for. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll assign guards together. We let the moms do skin to skin for an hour and I'll do my vital sign checks while the baby's on skin to skin. And mm-hmm. then at the one hour mark, that's when I do my weight and the assessment and all that stuff. I see. So the, and the APGAR score is a score that you give the baby right when they're born, right? I know in general from nursing school kind of what it's about. It's like, um, it's, you get, you can get up to two points for each category. There's, um, tone, respiratory breathing, um, reflex irritability, skin color. So Mm -hmm. we're looking at the infant and we're deciding like how great they're doing at the one minute mark. Most, you know, most babies are crying and they're doing well. The only thing we take off for is color. But we do mm-hmm. have some infants that come out and they have poor muscle tone or they're just not breathing the way we want them to or their color's mm-hmm. terrible. So we, you know, give do- numbers do- according <laughs> to that. Yeah. So like most okay. babies are eight, nine. Um, mm-hmm. And then some babies, you know, need to be seven, eight, seven, nine. So we just mm-hmm. work together to make those um, numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what do you think, so you're there for that short time, but what do you think is something that's unexpected for the parents during that time that you're there? Um, like, if, if you understand that question. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, um, sometimes like I was kind of saying, some infants come out and they need a little help like to breathe mm-hmm. or they take a big gulp of fluid in their mouth on their way out and we need to suction them. So Mm. sometimes we have to take the baby away from mom for just a few minutes and kind of get the baby settled. And, you know, it's a big, I always tell this to my moms, like it's, it's a big deal for them too. You just Mm. delivered and that was really tough for you. That was really tough for your baby as well. So, Mm. you know, that's sometimes hard for parents to understand, like what's going on with my baby? Is everything okay? Yes, we're just working things out. You know, the baby just inhaled some fluid or we're just getting Mm -hmm. the baby to cry a little more. Um, I always am like, 
I want your baby to cry. I want your baby to cry. That's my favorite sound mm-hmm. in the whole world, you know? Um, so I think maybe that transition period of just, is everything okay? Is baby okay? Is baby okay? Um, and then sometimes if it's not and we have to move baby over to the warmer for a minute, that can scare the parents a little bit. But um, yeah, I think that's well, – that- That's one hard part for families too is because like maybe when we get a, for example, a kid into the emergency room that's seizing and we have to help him right away, we don't always have time to explain to the parents right away in that moment. And I bet that's really scary because like they just see all these people around their kid or whoever it is and they like don't exactly know what's going on right away because the doctor is in the room and we're trying to figure out what's going on too. So I bet that can be a really scary like waiting period. It's exactly the same. Yeah. You're kind of like doing the intervention first and then you're Mm -hmm. following up and you're like, okay, here's what we just did, dad. Here's Mm -hmm. how baby's doing. Everything looks great. Like we don't want to scare you. We just needed to do these things first, but it's, it's, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. And it's always nice when there's that extra staff member or sometimes our social worker will come over, but you don't always have those resources in the moment. Right. Not always. And we do have like um, extra doctors on hand and extra midwives and extra resource labor and delivery Mm -hmm. nurses that, and I can always press a button and have NICU come over, which is so helpful Mm -hmm. Um, because I can do it myself, but I don't necessarily want to do it myself. I'd like to have a couple other people yeah. with me. Um, so I can always call them if I need them. But So NICU is the neonatal intensive care unit, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So those, so what, so you see the baby needs some help right when they're born and you try to help support that but then they need maybe more support. That's when they go to the NICU, right? Right. So say like we have an infant and we do resuscitation and we we give a little CPAP um, and then we decide. Which is like a breathing mask. It's a breathing mask, yeah. it's um, yeah. It helps expand their lungs and help them um, breathe and give their mm-hmm. help their oxygen levels rise. Um, mm-hmm. And some infants need to stay on CPAP longer than just a couple minutes that mm-hmm. I would give them CPAP. So that would be a reason that some babies need to go to the NICU just to stay on the CPAP a little longer or to stay on oxygen longer. Um, mm-hmm. And so at our hospital, we have like four different levels. We have like mother, baby, special care nursery, which is like the first tier of the NICU. And then we have mm-hmm. the children's hospital NICU and then another NICU. So we would decide then where the infant needs to go. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think that's really hard after because the mom is still a patient too. So she still needs her care too. And then if the baby ends up having to go to the NICU, she still has to go to her floor to get her care. That her she care. Needs. And then the baby ends up going to a different floor. How does that flow work with the mom when her baby's on another floor? That must yeah. be so hard now that I'm thinking about it. It is really hard. And actually my son was in the NICU for four oh, days. Really? Um, and so basically – our moms, if they're a vaginal delivery, they stay one to two days and then a C-section mm-hmm. will stay two to three days. And we, as the postpartum nurse, we take care of the mom. Um, we are doing their medicines. We're doing their fundal checks, mm-hmm. doing all the things you would do for a regular adult patient. And then in between 
like their lag times where they're just sitting in their room, they're going over to visit their baby. So -hmm. they're doing care time with their baby. They're going to get to change the diapers. They're going to get to talk to the doctors over then in the NICU. Um, and then they, they'll come back over, get some rest on our unit, and then they'll go back over and see their baby. Um, yeah, so it's, it is. It's hard. And, and that's hard for them not being able to have their baby in the room with them, especially like for me, my son, every, it's, not like, it's not like I came into the, the hospital and expected my son to go to the NICU, right? Mm-hmm. He just came out and he needed um, oxygen and then his sugar levels were low and that's a lot of our moms. They had no indication that their baby would need to go to the NICU and now they're there and it's hard. It's a, and it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of emotions. I mean, imagine just a normal female hormone level <laughs> and yeah. just imagine that times <laughs> 3,000 postpartum, post-delivery hormones and then your baby you know, you're worried about your baby. So it's, it's a lot, it's heavy. It can be very heavy. And that's why I like our nursing care is so also very like patient driven. Like I may not give meds all day, like a med surge nurse, but I'm being that person's support. <laughs> Nothing person. wrong with giving meds all day. No, but it's <laughs> oh, just, sure it's just a different, it's just a different yeah. thing. Like yeah, a yeah. lot of the times we just, we're their educator, we're their support, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. it's just different. And another hard thing I'm thinking is like, and I know we struggle with this as nurses, is you have to take care of yourself to mm-hmm. be able to take care of someone else. And if you don't oh, take yeah. care of yourself, you can't take care of someone else. So that's probably absolutely really yeah. And then yeah, you're you get attached to these people, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, you have to absolutely you have to take care of yourself first, definitely. Yeah, I and it's probably nice for them to have a support person, especially when their baby is in the NICU to help them through those processes. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 It must be really hard to be away right when they're born. So how I always think that this question is interesting. People say that there, and I mentioned this in one of my other podcasts, people say that there's a nurse nursing shortage right now, but I don't think that people really understand what that means or how that impacts the hospital. So I, I'm assuming that you probably are short nurses <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, we are. So how we does are. that impact your floor? Um, we're, we actually have one of like the best retention rates in our hospital. Oh, wow. Um, nice. And, and, but we still have shortages because of our volume of deliveries Um, We actually have like four travel nurses that we hired for six months, which is Mm -hmm. the longest I've ever, we've ever had travelers. Um, And we still have, they do like 13 week. uh Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Right. So we've got a couple that'll be here for six months and it's just an ever changing situation. But like, say we're like extremely crunched for nurses, the labor and delivery, we, our unit and the labor and delivery unit can work on each other's units, basically. So sometimes mm-hmm. they'll give us a nurse um, or we'll give them a nurse. Um, mm-hmm. And then that's the good thing about my hospital is we still try to adhere to our um, acuity tool. So we mm-hmm. we always, the most I've ever had is six patients. And so that's okay. one thing that's really great. And, and if we... Still need nurses. We also can pull from the float pool as well. But 
Okay. But yeah, I mean, we, we've seen the nursing shortage a little bit here and there, but we've been so blessed and we, we do have a lot of really good staff that stays and sticks around. So we've not been affected terribly. I imagine, like we said before, like the mother baby floor is a really great place to work most of the time because it's such like a happy time for the parent. Yeah, it is. Most people, like we have people in our unit that have been there for years and years, which I'm sure it's the same for a lot of other units as well. Um, But yeah, we do have great retention rates because it's, it's not as rigorous and not as demanding as some of those other units. I mean, that's why I left med surge because it was just too, it was too much for me. Um, yeah. So yeah, we do, we do well in that department, but still occasionally need help. It's interesting that you say it was like too much for you because I think that that's something that I struggle with sometimes because the ER is a really heavy place to work. And I'm like, I could go work somewhere where it's not as much, like it's not as intense, the patients aren't as heavy. So I think it's interesting, like I'm trying to figure out like what keeps me there. And I think that it's like the adrenaline rush and also just like the vibe. But it's interesting that we could so easily just go somewhere where it's not as intense. So yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah. And I think you know, I'm sure your hospital does well with internal transfers. I, I mean, my hospital is really good about like, if you want to transfer internally, you can do that. Like to um, a different floor. To a different floor. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you love what you do, right? You either, mm-hmm. and for you, your things that keep you there, the adrenaline rush, like some people love the fact that they don't know what they're going to see every day. Like that's exciting. Whereas I really need my structure and I really need to know what I'm going to (laughs) experience. So that's, you know, I think it's just different for everybody. But um, yeah, I think. It's also interesting too, going to a different floor. It feels like you're going to a whole new job. Like, yes, it totally (laughs) is different. Yeah. I mean, I, there's just different policies. There's different protocols. It's Mm -hmm. just wild. Yeah. It's wild, yeah. yeah. I, and I saw that one of my friends is actually switching from ER to L&D. And I mean, it's this pretty long like training process where because it's like a new job completely. Yeah. And then, but I think a lot of people that do L&D really would, could also work in the ER because you guys both, mm. like their critical care roles, they, they mm. like, they're taking care of those advanced critical care patients. And so they kind of, and they both love adrenaline and I do not like they like they're good in emergent <laughs> situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but it is like it's a completely I, I do think ours is the same process. Like it's a very long. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 what am I trying to say? Orientation <laughs> process <laughs> because yeah, yeah. it is such a big and then learning fetal monitor strips and whew, it's a completely yeah, like different world. Strip. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember learning in nursing school about that and like there's so much you can learn. I think that it's cool though that I think that that's one of the things that makes it such a great profession is that if you are ready for change. Yeah. Like not a lot of I feel like not a lot of people can just like feel like they switch careers halfway through their life. I mean, you can, right. but like not a lot of people it's not as easy whereas for us it's like, oh, 
I think I want to do L&D now. I just apply for an L&D job. Right. <laughs> it's so true. You could work. I mean, there's call centers. You could work. My friend just got a job and she does like um, post people that go home from surgery and mm-hmm. she does like a phone triage call mm-hmm. and she just answers oh, people's phone calls and she gives them tips post-surgery. So, I mean, there's That's just so many things you can do with an RN degree, you know? I actually think that eventually it's going to turn into a degree where you have to have a master's in your specific field because I think that the scope of practice is just like increasing so much and like we're learning so much like on how things to do like I feel like I went to nursing school learned all these general things but then I learned everything about the ER in my 13 weeks of training like everything Right. So I think it's going to be interesting. And I think that maybe eventually in the future, they might require more education specific to your floor because just because of the scopes of practice. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. And then also like at my hospital, we can do like advancement and I'm an RN3, which basically means I worked really hard and did this project and I got a, I got a raise. (laughs) I haven't done mine yet. (laughs) So, and I'm working towards my four right now and I'm going to do like a maternal newborn certification, which is Mm -hmm. kind of like being certified in my field. I'm sure there's some Mm -hmm. ER certifications. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it it is. I wouldn't be surprised if it if if it eventually got that way because mm-hmm. the nursing school pretty much just prepares you how to take care of adults and then tells you a little bit about children, a little bit about babies, and then it just throws you out there. <laughs> then, yeah, I remember we had like maybe one semester of pediatrics, and now Us it's too. like my whole it's my whole job. Like right, and we probably had less than one semester from mother baby stuff. Oh yeah, I think pediatrics was was like babies and kids in my yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, and that's and now in the nursing world, it's like so different. Like, right? I like I see babies in the ER, but not that many. And I mean, if we have a delivery, we call you guys down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. Do you have any other tips for your patients or something that you wish they knew coming in? Oh when man! They first see- oh my gosh. Well, I just I we'll just say this. I was very like, and I still am a big breastfeeding advocate and I love breastfeeding, but it didn't go so well with me in my personal experience with my son. So I just always tell moms that not to just get discouraged, Mm. um, not to feel defeated if you don't have success the first couple of days in the hospital with breastfeeding. Um, you know, to keep pushing forward for it if that's what you want. Um, if you do need to supplement with formula, it's fine. Fed is best, you know. Um, and then also another thing I wanted to say, it just left me. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> for moms coming into the hospital and you feel like you've got this strict, strict birth plan, just go in with ease and and just realize that the Best outcome is for a healthy baby, a healthy mom, you know? Mm. I see so many mothers that have these strict, strict, firm birth plans, and it it doesn't always go the way you want. Mm. And then the end result is still that healthy baby, healthy mom. So mm. that's another big point that I always tell my my moms, like, don't be stressed. Just come in relaxed. Keep an open mind. Keep an open mind. Be flexible. 
Um, I mean, I went two full days without getting an epidural. I, I had to get induced. But, you know, things don't <laughs> always line up the way you want. But the end mm-hmm. result is your healthy baby at the end and your your own health. Um, and so that's another point that I would like to to share with everybody. Yeah, th- I think that's really great advice. And I also think it's kind of funny that you said you picked mother baby because it's predictable. And then you're <laughs> telling moms that it's unpredictable. <laughs> well, okay. The that, more predictable those, job for nurses. The last, last comment I just made was more like a labor and delivery tip. Oh, okay. But I work so close with both that that's, that was my, and as you're a mother like myself, yeah. yeah. And as a mother myself, like that's my own experience. No, but mother <laughs> baby is pretty predictable. And I've, have you seen those, um, those reels that have gone around? That's like the guy and he's like, like being on a mother baby floor in the middle of the night, it's like, okay, have you fed your baby in the last four hours? Like, like those are things we really do. Like we're so like by the book, we're like, okay, how many peas and poops, <laughs> you know, um, have you done your, I see the moms yet? that come in with the apps that track the peas and yes. poops and I was like, you got great education. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. And that's what we do. And so, yeah, it's it's funny. But yeah, I kind of am a weird dynamic because I work with both the units. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's a nice perspective, though. Because <laughs> it's, it's great to hear about the transition. Yeah, and, like things that can happen during that. Like, I thought that that was really great. Yeah, yeah. But well, yeah, it was so much fun talking with me. I know. I'm so glad I got to learn more about what you do, too. So that's fun. Yeah, I think it's always fun. Like, like we said, a 100 times, like, it's Every nurse is so different and does such a different thing that oh, it's yeah. always fun to hear about it and hear about what your job is like and hear about, yeah. I think it's interesting to hear about the perspective from the nursing side of the whole process. And I actually am thinking that maybe it would be cool to have a nurse sometime and then a patient from the same floor. And like, in- it would be interesting to have that dynamic. And to interview somebody that's been yeah, a patient. Like yeah. Forth. Yeah. Well, you could probably even get like someone who is a nurse, kind of like me, that had a labor experience as well that could share it with you or somebody that's been on a neuro floor before and they could tell you um, and is what nurse. happened with them. Yeah. Yeah. That would, I agree. That would be so that would be so cool because that's the <laughs> real stories that people need to hear. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I mean, I think it's good. I mean, I haven't had kids yet, but I love hearing about your job and I think it's like really helpful for the future and I mean even for me personally as someone who hopefully eventually wants to have kids like it's great to hear what the experience is like for you and things to expect and yeah yeah it was awesome great great advice (laughs) I'm so glad awesome okay well if you ever want to join me you just let me know we'll talk about some tv shows you just uh, reach that out. sounds like a great <laughs> idea. I would love that. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why my main job is healthcare and then I pick to do healthcare <laughs> podcasts. I'm like so much healthcare all around. That's me. just because you love it that much, you know? Yeah. You love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We'll say that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, awesome. All right. Thank you, Thank you so much.